All right, hello, Idiots on Parade, the Too Ugly for TV podcast. Hi, Jake. How's it going? All is well here, and hello, Colin. Hello. Then we have Jake Vevra, comedian in New York City, uh, one of the idiots, uh, the, the two of us. I'm Nathan Timmel, comedian in Iowa, and Colin Ryan is a therapist to the stars in Los Angeles and Hollywood. <laughs> All right, so... I do not want to talk about what everybody's talking about today because it's just everywhere. But let's just mention in passing, uh, it's Sunday the 21st. Happy Father's Day to Colin, Jake. Uh, happy Father's Day to all the kids you sent down sinks and into socks. Uh, Thank you. And to any of those kids trying to contact me, me from their lying mothers, don't believe anything your moms say, kids. I don't know you were dying. You're not mine. <laughs> Even if you do look like Steve Buscemi. Um, A lot of kids look like Steve. Your mother drank, too. That's why you look like me. (laughs) So uh, let's touch on it in passing, but let's not dwell. Um, The the 6,200 people that showed up for a 19,000-person arena in Tulsa, Oklahoma. That was kind of, that made for a nice day, I thought. A a nice morning, nice to wake up to. That was pretty goddamn hilarious. I, it was brilliant. I will say this. This is nothing new. It's just the same old, same old. Uh, I read a bunch of stories on the rally last night, and I, 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 there, there's no way around it. I'm not even going to try and be nice or try and understand. There, there's no way I understand how the fuck people still support this guy. He went on a 10-minute diatribe about walking down the ramp at West Point. He did 10 minutes on how he can drink a glass of water with one hand. This is the president of the United States talking for 10 minutes about walking down a ramp. And, and it's, it's insane that this is what he rambles on about and people cheer. Well, it should be kind of like the... Oh, sorry, sorry, no, 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 no. Go, go ahead, go ahead. I was just saying, this isn't like the Fast and Furious movies, though. In a lot of I never watched any of them. I've just seen the trailers. But I'd imagine like, people don't go to them for the plot or the character development or anything like that. There, there's just a certain <laughs> amount of dopamine hits that you get from sitting there uh, seeing the same beats happen over and over again. And it's a nice warm fuzzy for everyone. Like they, they, He just went through a lot of the regular hits. He said a lot of things. People cheered. He lifted a glass of water. It, was, it seemed like a lovely evening for those who turned up. Actually, I, I, I've read uh, a really good story about 2016 and uh, a, a reporter that said, look, I'm not trying to be biased here. I'm not trying to slam Trump. I have attended, I don't know how many Trump rallies, but the reporter said that at each, back in 2016, when he was super popular and, and you know, selling out arenas and who's to say it won't happen again, he said that the, the evening went the same way every time, that you just reminded mm-hmm. me, uh, Colin, with your comment, uh, said that every, everything started off strong, everybody cheering and yay, and then it would start to fade, so he'd yell, lock her up, and then everybody would chant and go, yay, and then they would get mm-hmm. bored because he would rambly, ramble, so he'd say, uh, build the wall, and everybody would chant and yell, yay. So when you talk about dopamine hits and the greatest hits, uh, yeah, that sounds like what it is because th- there mm-hmm. would be, like, waves that crest and fall. Like, when, when they would get to chant, everybody would be excited. Then when he would ramble, they'd, they'd lose focus, so he would bring them right back with another chant. Um, it's like when the 80s band plays like their reunion concerts right. and, they, and they try their new stuff, but they're going to intersperse it with the hits. And that's really what he has to do. He just has to dole out the material in kind of enough of a kind of organized segment so we can come back to stuff, which is what it seemed to be. I never watched any of the, the 
his his speeches because they, they seem like rambling idiocy. Yeah. So like, but 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 there seems to be certain things that people are expecting. It's like a pantomime show or uh, Punch and Judy type thing. <laughs> yeah. You you yeah. should watch the Fast and the Furious movies, by the way. Uh, one is horrible and good. I've never seen two or three. Four is horrible and good. Five is horrible and good. Six is actually kind of fun, and seven's a piece of shit. And then eight is bad, but watchable, funny, stupid. Even being quarantined for the last four months is not enough time for me to watch a single Fast and the Furious movie. I will not do it. Sounds like high risk, low reward, in fairness. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, it's not, uh, I'm not a big fan of sequels and all that. I, I The franchises, mm-hmm. I'm just not a fan of any of that shit, you know? Well, let's jump into some real topics. The reason I don't want to focus... But on... let, me, let me just say real quick, while we're still on the Trump rally, I think you're judging his, his new uh, 2020 campaign set too soon. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like he's absolutely. working out a new hour. He's working out a new hour. So he's opening with strong shit that people know. Yeah. The build a wall, probably closing with yeah. something strong. Hey, let's lock her up for real this time. You know, he's yeah. probably, and then he's in the middle. That's when he's working out the new hour. That's kind of stream of consciousness. He's probably got a notepad out and shit some of the time. Uh, come six months from now, he's going to be fucking crushing it. You know, that's when he's going to get his new campaign slogan that he kind of opened mics while he's on the road in the middle of his long set. So Colin, and he had a lot of courage, like working out his set in front of the press group first, like because he was doing that for a while with the coronavirus press conferences. Just oh yeah, some material out there. He was bombing hard with those. Friend, the audience. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. Was, that, he, that was pretty brave. He really needed a strong opener for those, and he just went out <laughs> yeah, cold. So he, just, he, he decided <laughs> a one man show those conferences, and it did not go well for him. You need a you need a good MC. Yeah. You need an opener, <laughs> Mister President. You need a good opener. So uh, Colin's comparing it to an 80s band, and you're comparing him to a comedian. Like when Chappelle goes out and says, all right, I'm working on new shit, but it's going to be a Netflix special. You know, like, so you, a com- comedian working the, the material. Yeah, he doesn't yeah. actually have to debate Biden until what, a few months from now. Biden could be dead by then. Trump could be dead by then. Anything <laughs> could happen, you know? Didn't I read that Trump said he won't debate Biden? Did I just pull that out of my ass? That's the first smart thing I've ever heard him say. Why? Yeah. Everyone's got their fucking minds made up. I'm not watching any of that shit. I think he floated it as a possibility a while ago. Like, it was one of those things where he said, well, I, don't, I won't even need to debate him. You know, just threw it out he there. He just kind of threw it out there. Like, it. maybe maybe yeah. we should look into injecting bleach. It was kind of one of those comment- yeah, comments. exactly. It was it, just experiment avant-garde <laughs> thoughts. It's wonderful. A little bit of stream of consciousness. Oh, Jesus, did I say that out loud? Son of a bitch. I said that into a microphone in front of cameras and press people. If no. there were debates, Jake and I have talked about this, Colin, I, I would assume you will agree the best and only way to debate would be like the one of the democratic debates no fucking audience zero audience none of the mm-hmm. cheering yeah. and the booing and the the carnival atmosphere get those two men at a table or podium or whatever and a moderator and just let them talk and no fucking audience that the mm. audience free debates are the only way I to think go. we should go even further i say I we fucking too much dignity yeah it's way too much dignity and they can still bullshit us. What we do is we have the entire debate. They're hooked up to um, uh, lie detector machines. They're hooked up to polygraph machines. 
and they have shot collars on. So every time they lie, they get a zap. And the moderators, they were floating Joe Rogan again a while ago. He'd be a good moderator, but I think he needs two other people. I think it should be Joe Rogan, Alex Jones, and Noam Chomsky. I think they should they should host the debates. And and they're hooked up to polygraphs and fucking shot callers. This is this is the deer hunter Russian roulette with three bullets in the gun. Fucking Diddy Mao, Mr. President. I like the moderator idea because it's very Goldilocks. You've got Gnome, and then you've got uh, uh, Joe, and then Alex. So those are the three extremes. You've got uh, top end, yeah. middle, and low. Uh, the shot collar and the polygraph, I, am, I, I haven't decided whether or not that would work on Trump because I haven't decided whether or not he's just lying to lie or if he actually really believes the shit that comes out of his mouth. And therefore, it wouldn't register on a polygraph. I don't know, man. Yeah, I, th- I think I, I, I don't think that. Yeah, I think it, it's just a, like I said, that stream of consciousness he believes in the moment. He's incredibly good at that sort of thing. I still think with the shot collar and everything like that, it's still giving a lot of dignity. It's like giving, it's almost giving it too much stakes. Like I, I just bring like the judges should be run of the mill, like Simon Cowell, um, <laughs> the. The regular, like, like whoever does The Bachelorette, and I don't watch these things, but like they're, they're just, those judges, people we're already familiar with, you know what I mean? You think Andy Cohen should they, come out and, and, and break down the presidential debate? Re- really get in there? so, and just like, I'm purely on superficial things. Like, like, like who cares about the content? No, it's not really important. Yeah. Like the, Everyone's got their minds the made up. Just on the cadence, what they were wearing, um, yeah. you know, the position, the angle, that's what they do anyway, you know, it's kind of, but it should be immediately given direct feedback after every answer, it just, just to like, you know, and, and then maybe have like some sort of wacky kind of talent section of it, like instead of just debating, like some, like they should be made to do, perform something as well, like, like just strip all the dignity out of it and, and, and allow it to go, like, allow it to go whatever way it goes at that point, I think it would be... I think, uh, I think we're at that point now in the American presidential uh, journey. I don't think yeah, we can a have a talent it's... section, though, because that would just steal all the thunder. The last time I went to a... Uh, and th- this is going to get me cancel cultured because of I'm just going to say something and people are going to say it's sexist. I, I went to a college women's basketball game and uh, everyone was bored. And at halftime, they had a dog catching Frisbees and everybody cheered for the dog. And then half the mm. audience left. Because it was more exciting yeah. than the college basketball, uh, you know. It, that's just the way it worked. And and as far as sexism goes, even my wife was bored and wanted to leave. So, yeah, if you throw if you throw a a, a theatrical act or a, a talent portion to the debate, yeah. everyone will watch that and ignore the debate. It'll it'll just be the the distraction. Well, I stuck around to the end of that game because I was just trying to get laid, man. I I want a WNBA sugar mama, and that was my plan. <laughs> Good plan. My gold digging gentleman. All right, let's move away. The reason I didn't want to talk about crowd size is because something pretty fucking scary happened this week, and the news is not reporting it. All they're talking about is what an embarrassment uh, Tulsa is for Trump, when, in my opinion, they should be talking about fucking Barr firing Jeffrey Berman, the U.S. attorney for the Southern District of New York, having the president do it. When it so Barr says... You're stepping down. Uh, I want to see your papers. And Berman says, no, I'm just going to stay here. And so Barr goes to the president and says, fire this attorney who is investigating Trump. This is fucking evil dictatorship, scary shit. And no one's talking about it. I mean, dude, I think it's because they're fucking they're bored of that story, man. It's been happening since year one. (laughs) 
I know, but and so that's why they do it because they know that we have a short attention span and that we're bored of, mm-hmm. of reading about it. Yeah, dude, it's it's stuff that that people find sensational. That's what sells, man. I know there's there's media with a liberal bias, liberal media with a con- conservative bias, but what they all like, what they all at the end of the day need, because none, none of them actually believe in the values they're talking about. They're all run by lizard mm-hmm. people anyway, who are are, are are just eating babies and while yelling racial slurs. You know what I mean? So they're not pro life or fucking pro woke, whatever. They're 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 run by evil lizard people in outer space. They don't give a shit about any of that, right? But what they what they all love whether it's left, right, whatever, is they love sensationalism. They love eyeballs mm-hmm. on the screen. This was sensational in, in, in 2017, you know? Mm-hmm. Now it's fucking yeah. boring. It's, we saw that in yeah. season one. We saw yeah. it in season one. We're done with this show, dude. We're flipping mm-hmm. to the next thing. We need to be entertained. Yeah. It's more important yeah. than news now. If you think of character development, the idea of Trump being corrupt is not like yeah. There's nothing new to that. Like no. the, the the next the next part is him falling apart the way like with Tulsa. This is the next part of the show. It, it's kind of like the corruptness will still happen, but there's a tolerance for it now. That's kind of widely baked into the cake of this is what 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 the norm is now at this point. So yeah, no, absolutely. I think I think like his arc is no longer about corrupt. That's just something that he does to like show a true line from his character arc in 2017. Yeah. Everything he does now is kind of the new layers on top of it. It's like he's still being corrupt and falling apart emotionally in, in a much more su- substantial way. It, it's much more interesting. Right. And, and it, this is a way that we've seen him be corrupt before. If it was a new way of being corrupt, fine. Yeah. But he's been firing people investigating him mm-hmm. since, I mean, since the Russia stuff, you know? And, and no one even remembers the Russia stuff anymore. Mm-hmm. Now that COVID and all this shit happened... No one remembers. The, the, this is the equivalent of somebody in the last season, in season six of Game of Thrones, just walking up to one of the other characters and going, you know that kid Joffrey that died four seasons ago? I don't think he was the actual son of King Baratheon. I think those two brothers and sisters might have been fucking. And they would just look at him like, I mean, uh, come on, really? Are you a fucking time traveler? Yeah, like with James Comey was well, James Comey is the person where that was interesting. On yeah. a lot of people have been fired since James Comey. Well, a lot of to people. me, what's interesting yeah. is the fact that it was the Attorney General Barr that did it, who said it's it's mixing what should be a neutral, independent agency into Barr's sticking his tongue as far up Trump's ass as possible. That's what's frightening. Is Barr has been hinting at it and, and did show his cards with the Russia investigation that he is a partisan hack, asshole, cunt. I mean, it's... So maybe I just made your, your point for you. Yeah, Barr has already exposed his cards too, so it's no longer interesting, I guess. Right. And you're, yeah, you're going, yeah, yeah. I think the president might be surrounding himself by people that are more loyal to him <laughs> than the country. You guys, this is new <laughs> shit. This hasn't happened well, yet. Like, yeah. What, like his family? It's kind of day one, like... Yeah, he's got his own family members in there. I know! He already he already announced, yeah. basically, year one, yeah. this is now a, a banana republic with nukes, man. It's, mm-hmm. he, that was what he basically... He basically came... When you put your own family in, in your cabinet and you fire people investigating you, that's what you're saying. He's already mm-hmm. said that. He's, this is... You're right. Any other president, this would be like, holy shit... But as with everything that's happened up up to 2020, and especially with how bad he fucked up the plague and how how bad he's he's been fucking up the protest, 
uh, just gassing all the fucking peaceful protesters so he could go awkwardly hold a Bible and pretend he knows how to read or whatever. Like, that, that was weird. No one's ever held a book like that that's ever read a book. That was just strange. But all of that, all of that threatening to send the military in, shit like that, uh, it's, it's just so small for him. It's just another... It's a needle in a stack of orange needles. It's fucking, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's, it's what's been happening since day one. Well, it, it's still horrible and terrifying. Right. It, it, it's, it's, it, it, it's just like a kind of, like, at this point, the, the trauma from everything is, is it, it, it's, it's, it's low rent at this point. It's, it would it's literally be more shocking if there was a mm-hmm. news story that said, this New York uh, uh, attorney is investigating Trump, and Trump was like, yeah, go ahead, I'm not going to fire you. That would be more shocking at this point. I would, it would blow my fucking mind if that I've happened. Got, I've got nothing to hide. <laughs> yeah, here's my tax returns. Here's my tax returns. There you go. Yeah, I gave, and then gave a principal speech on the White White House law about being a flawed human. Like, that'd be amazing. That's the sort of kind of character turn he needs at this point, which I don't think he can quite do. No, well, no, quite because he's, he's quite two-dimensional. He's actively doing the opposite. Um, Mm-hmm. As his numbers are going lower, I don't, Jake, did we talk? No, we couldn't have because it just happened. No, it, it happened over the course of the week. So last after we record, so uh, Trump came out with a, a comment, and I don't remember what it was. It, it was it involved it was anti LGBTQ, it was anti trans, and it came out right before the Supreme Court uh, said that trans people are protected, LGBTQ community is protected. And it made me wonder if he had, and I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but the the timing of it made me go, maybe he heard this decision was coming down the pipeline, so he was just throwing red meat to his base. Instead of trying to be more inclusive and pivot like you just mentioned, Colin, he's actively Mm -hmm. trying to shore up his base and, and... because in 2016, there was a point where he I said... I don't think you're giving him a lot of credit, Nathan. I don't think he actively tries to do anything. I think he just emotionally reacts to whatever the stimuli is in front of him in that moment. I don't see any kind of coherent strategy to well, anything that he does. I disagree, because what I was just going to say is in 2016, I don't know if you remember, he made the comment, trans people can go to whatever bathroom they want to in Trump Tower. He made a couple inclusive comments... And then he legislated the opposite direction. Now he is mm-hmm. actively courting the the you know the the, the racist, uh, intolerant evangelicals. Like he he instead of going for independent voters or trying to e- even get broaden his base, as it shrinks, he's targeting his core even more. Is what I think. And maybe that's mm-hmm. not him. Maybe it's Stephen Miller. Maybe it's someone advising him. But I just find it interesting that he is going. It's it's almost like he's trying to shrink his base, and then Tulsa would be a confirmation of that. I, I think he just like goes for the people who he looks to and are loyal to him, and he he, he likes kind of uh, just that kind of complete supply of uh, praise. So the people who he views as disloyal, he's already kind of just cut them out completely. So like he's left with that very extreme wing of people who are who are kind of ride or die with him at the moment, and those are the people he's going to keep on giving stuff to because no one. Uh, He's not going to kind of pull the wool over people's eyes by being a moderate at this point. Yeah, that's true. I, I really do think that's it, it is about sort of pandering to that base that that voted last time in 2016, but but may not have voted the election before because they were like the Demo- or the Republicans are going with moderates, and I want somebody more extreme. Basically, like like hardcore Bernie people, but. 
polar opposites. They, they like said on the that right. Part of that's, the that's really angry people. Well, yeah, they said he won people. because they, Jake, what you're talking about, they missed those people in their polling because, like you just said, mm-hmm. they hadn't mm-hmm. voted in the past, so they weren't on anyone's radar. And so it was a shock, like, oh, these people that never voted before did come out of the woodwork to vote for him. So, Jake, you're and saying. And let's face it, they're not answering polls because those are what? Unknown numbers, and that's fucking QAnon calling you. They know. They know not to pick up. They ain't taking them fucking polls. No, I just, I agree. I think that's a good point. However, I did read uh, earlier today, I didn't send it to you because uh, I didn't have time, but I don't know if either of you have seen this article, I don't have it in front of me, that Biden is slowly chipping away at the evangelical vote because... Uh, not not the hardcore evangelicals who are just like abortion. That's it, done. You know, we want mm-hmm. conservative judges, but the actual evangelicals who look at Trump and say this is not a Christian, and they look at Biden and say, "All right, not my first choice, not my second choice, but at least he is a man of faith, and I can be swayed." Plus, he seems like he's going senile, which uh, many older evangelical voters are as well. So it's it's, it's sort of like common bonding thing they have with them. Yeah. Well, it, it, it comes down to like like 10,000 votes in Michigan and a couple of like uh, some swing states in Wisconsin. Yeah. Like it, it's like we're not, if Texas isn't going to get flipped. Like Georgia is probably not going to get flipped. Like it's going to be no. these small margins that are going yeah. to decide the election anyway. So it goes every year. probably like... A, it's probably just a realization of these. None of this stuff will really matter. No. Um, like if you think about, it, like in the last election, you had the um, the Bill Bush tape uh, on the on the day before, and then the two days later, the Comey letter comes out as well, and that that made that made a sizable chunk in them. There's going to be loads of little twists and turns on this before the end, and and like I'm not. While at the moment it looks awful for him and he's falling apart, the, there there's very highly highly likely going to be some mad stuff happening between now and, and November in terms of, like, th- th- those particular demographics of, like, Michigan, Wisconsin, Ohio, Florida. Those are the places that really matter. I, I read yeah. one Nate Silver article, 538, who said it all comes down to Wisconsin. I mean, he, he mm-hmm. was putting everything into that Essentially, bucket, yeah. saying yeah. It, it flips one of the states that is sort of purple and normally goes blue that went for Trump. He said that all the Democrats have to do is do what they did last time and get back one of those states and they're fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean it's it, it is pretty asinine the way we pick um, the way we pick presidents in this country, man. Like, uh, I, I I'm not I'm not one of those people that that doesn't see any point whatsoever to the electoral college. I'm not saying that every election should be decided by three states that are fucking massive. Like I, you know. That being said, when one person gets millions and millions of more votes, it's like, all right, well, maybe the scales are a little fucking out of whack. I'm not saying to fucking throw it out. I'm just saying it needs to be a little, a little, you know, a, a little more, even a little more adjusted, right? But you know what fucks me up even more than the general election is the primaries. I think that's mm-hmm. even more asinine in terms of how we prick presidents because uh, the 23rd, for those those of you listening in, in New York City, where I live now, where, where I'm voting... Uh, the 23rd is, is the Democratic primary, and you all need to go out and vote, especially if you're a Democrat, because it's a it's a big election this year. It is down to the the Democrats still running is um, Joe Biden 
and and that's it. So make your voices heard, people. Make your voices heard. It's a democracy, land of choices, huh? You get to vote between Joe Biden and staying home and watching Netflix. You know, I I personally, I'm going to write in the senile voice that lives in Joe Biden's head, the little Alzheimer's-y multiple personality. That's the one I think is fun. You know what I mean? Because I don't even think he chases away that many votes. So I kind of like the, the the Biden that smells hair and says racially insensitive things on the breakfast. But I find it entertaining. I know who I'm voting for. Unless that man literally eats a baby on TV. I'm going to be like, yeah, he's a fucking asshole, but he's not Trump. And I think that's basically where we're at in this country. It, it literally is that polarized to where people will actually vote for a blue sock puppet in blue states going, I'm not a Republican. That guy's a dick. They're going to be like, that fucking blue sock puppet makes a lot of sense. We're going to have to vote Mm -hmm. for that guy. So, and and, and I really do think most voters in in swing states kind of are are, are like that at this point. I think the the whole, the the, the swing voter, it's it's a dying, it's a dying breed. There's seven of them left, you know? They're, they're all standing on a cliff like the end of Last of Mohicans looking out right now. You know what I mean? And they're just like, one day, this will all be different. We're the last of our kind. The people that can be flipped from one election to, to another, from Democrat to Republican. No, what you're fighting is your own party not voting at this point. Well, isn't... I do like the sock puppet, though. That seems to say it like it is. Dude, I would vote for a sock puppet over Joe Biden in the primary. He's so lucky there's not a sock puppet in right now. I would totally vote for that sock puppet. And I think, you know, the fact that we got a pro wrestling president with no experience in last time on the right, I think the I think Trump would be more scared of a sock puppet than he is of Joe Biden at all. I think a sock puppet would have way more of a chance of winning in, in, in a general election than Joe Biden. I think if you you need to get the guy that, that does the voice for Triumph the insult comic dog to fucking throw <laughs> on a blue a, a, a fucking blue sock with little eyeballs and just go, hey Donald Robert Trump Smigel. you're a dick. We need to get Robert Smigel on there to just fucking, hey what's with your skin cream? Why do you have so many skin tanners? It's, it's in high def, Trump. This may have worked 20 years ago. It's in high def. We can see it's bad, Teddy. Why it's ra- are you doing raising this? raising the bar on what the Republicans did last time is just make a mockery of the whole thing. Yeah. Uh, with, by, by putting a reality TV show in there. So you just up the bar by going, or even like someone like Kermit the Frog, someone like, you know, I may be green, but I still believe that black <laughs> lives matter. Miss Pink will be his vice president. Go, I could be wrong, and I know she's not in your district, but isn't someone primarying AOC? She's getting challenged yeah, from the left. Yeah, it's not my district. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, so you honestly, have Democrats running against Democrats. Or the primary helps you decide who your main candidate is in local elections. Yeah, it does. That's why I'm still going to fucking vote. But, like, I, it, A, she's she's not she's not in my district anyway. She's, like, the top part of yeah. Queens. But, um Anyway, no, no, I mean, our district and mine are literally, like, a block away. It's fucking ridiculous. If I was, like, I think one block north, I would be in AOC's district. But, um, yeah, I'm I'm still going to vote. and Absolutely. I know I was talking shit earlier, but everybody should go out there and vote. Um, because, for one thing, you, you do have your local officials. And as worked up as we all get about presidential stuff, your local officials affect things in your day-to-day life far more than any fucking president as long as he doesn't nuke us 
or fuck up a pandemic, which I all right, I, I guess I'm kind of talking about my ass a little bit. He's I've been in my basement for the last three months because everybody wanted a fucking wrestling star. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This will piss off the fucking Democrats. What's the worst that can happen? Let's get a businessman. He's going to do great things for the economy. Good thing that's the only thing a president does, right? Oh, whoops. No, he also is in charge of help shit. Hence, I've, been, is, uh... I've, I've been doing a radio show in my basement from the opposite of a radio studio. So I've been doing three times as much work to produce a show that sounds half as good. That's what I've been doing on Sirius XM for the past three months. So, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm eating my own words a little bit. That being said... De Blasio still affects my day-to-day life more than Trump ever will. And Cuomo affects less of my day-to-day life than de Blasio, but more than Trump. And and it's like that in every single state. Our fucking, our country was designed that way. You know what I mean? Like, people in Philadelphia didn't want their day-to-day lives being decided by people in Oregon, a place that they'll never travel to because it would take fucking six weeks on a, on, on a wagon or, or some shit, you know? So, like, it's it's been set up that way. It kind of remains that way, not as much as it was back then. But but your local officials affect more to your of, of your day to day life than than any fucking president ever will. Again, unless COVID twenty hits next year in twenty twenty one, or if he fucking starts a nuclear war. But you also have those ballot questions as well, and barely anybody fills those fucking things out. <laughs> I voted one. La- I always fucking do the ballot questions. I mean, I look them up and everything. I, I, last time, I think half of the women I voted for, I got it, half of them I didn't, but I, I mean, there was like seven goddamn people that voted on those things. Yeah, I asked my city wife which way I'm supposed to vote on those questions. I will say this, Jake, as far as um, local officials affecting your life, you and I talked about this a long time ago, and it has come to fruition here in Iowa. Jake, you and I both said this would happen. We, you, you said it's going to happen in New York. I said it's going to happen in Iowa. It's happening here. Kim Reynolds either signed into law or said she was going to sign into law. The fact that now we can go pick up a drink from a restaurant and take it home, uh, brown paper bag it, that's, that's remaining. Uh, before God you damn could, right. You couldn't do takeout mm-hmm. booze. Now you can do carry out booze because oh shit, dude! New York is full on yeah. New Orleans, man. I mean, since since it's because dude, out here is a full. Everybody else in the country, for the most part, is like, well, we don't want to get hit as bad as New York. New York is like a whole nother fucking level right now. So, um, you can just walk up to restaurants and they they have like, you, you still can't eat in there anymore. But what they do has is some of them have little curbside tables, but it's like two of them. You, you know yeah. what I mean? What they really do is they do delivery, and then you can get carry out. But they'll have windows open, and they'll have that turned into like sort of like a little, a little counter that you walk up to, sort of like a Dairy Queen or something, like a small Dairy Queen, like an ice cream thing where it's just people in the little booth, and then and then you pay at the counter, and you're outside, and you and you can get cocktails like that, and just walk the fuck around drinking a <laughs> cocktail out of a straw. It is in that aspect of it. I, I know I was just saying it's like hell on earth here. In that <laughs> single aspect, I'm not saying it outweighs all the death and the fucking economy. But, I, but I'm just saying a little bit of a silver lining on the plague a is lone the getting. Spot. Yeah, uh huh. <laughs> it's kind of like how um, in Mad Max you finally got to f- figure, hey, what tastes better, pork rib or human rib? You, you know, for for, for those <laughs> big culinary fans like myself. But here's you, you the know, question. I'm not saying it's worth the apocalypse happening. I'm just saying it's just one small little thing, and this is that small little thing. And is this that is that human rib sandwich now? Is that because Iowa? That small little thing is becoming permanent, as we said it would. 
is New York going to try and backtrack on it? I do not know because here's here's the thing that um, it's a it's a very very blue state and the thing that that really blue states and especially really blue cities big cities love more than sort of personal freedom which the left is kind of you know prided itself on with social issues is making little rules they love their little rules here yeah. um, they fucking love little mm-hmm. rules and so this is sort of like the both the yin and the yang of progressive politics just fighting each other. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> there's a sort of a progressive argument for each one of those things. Uh, so it's going to take a long goddamn time, just like anything in a blue city. Uh, it's going to take a long time to get done, long time to get hashed out. However, I really do feel like they're actually going to look at the data on this one and not just sort of yell behind ideologies. And the fact is, the fact, and I know this as a degenerate alcoholic, all right? I'm not talking down to the degenerate alcoholics. The true degenerate alcoholics who will be problems, as I have been many times in my life, and I, as I will be many times in the future, the true degenerates are not walking around with the $12 cocktail with the umbrella sticking out of it that they got from the little clam shack that they used to eat at when before the end times happened. They're not, they're not walking around with those. You know what they're doing is they're getting a $5 bottle of vodka that fits in your pocket from the liquor store. Okay? That's how I fucking party most of the time anyway. All right? Even since the <laughs> pandemic. All right? The walking around with the cocktails, that's just something fun I do once or twice a week. Okay? <laughs> most of the time, I still drink homeless man vodka. So the people that are going to be causing problems, the people that are going to be blacking out, fucking punching people, robbing people, pissing themselves, shitting themselves on the subway, they will always, always have the homeless man vodka. They don't even know they're selling cocktails on the streets. They've been so fucked up on the homeless man vodka. They're just like, look at people walking around with umbrellas and their little fucking blah, 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 blah. They don't know what's going on, okay? They haven't They haven't even stopped. They haven't even asked. Every now and then, one will stop up to one of those things and be like, hey, do you have a $5 little pint of gin? All right, then fuck you. This bar sucks. And they're off to the liquor store. So it comes down to tax revenue. It comes down to tax revenue and the fact that it's not causing any problems. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's it's you're you're making more money this way. Um, it's it's not causing any problems. Your problems are not co- coming from the the person with the, the the fluffy pink drink in their hand in the in the nice little glass. It's coming from the guy with the cheap homeless man vodka or homeless man whiskey in his pocket, which I am most of the time. Not talking down to you people. I am you people. All right. <laughs> For life. That predated that predated the coronavirus, if I remember correctly, Jake. Oh, fucking A, it did. Yeah, that's why I wasn't worried about the coronavirus. You fucking kidding me? That goddamn thing jumped in my liver and was like the Wicked Witch at the end of fucking Wizard. Oh, I'm melting! Why is he drinking homeless vodka at 3 p.m. on a weekday? Ah! And it just melts when it hits my shit. It, it would be a strange if your response to a global pandemic was to stop buying the $5 vodka and then buying the $12 cocktails. Oh, that, that, would, would, be, that would be damn that strange. It wouldn't show a strong survivalist instinct at all. No, it wouldn't. And that's, <laughs> that's why the, the one thing that my president has said that I've stood behind this entire time is drinking bleach. That's basically what homeless man vodka is. <laughs> right, they're basically cleaning up the filter. You squeeze a little lemon in it. It's fine. All right. I've been doing that for years. I'm Corona free. All right. I've been walking around. No bats or no, no mask. I've been eating bats off of subway poles and shit. It's been ridiculous. I've been, I've been, I've been laughing in the face of this disease with no mask. I'm fine because I've been drinking bleach I.E. homeless man vodka. He's right on that. 
<laughs> and the liberals shamed him. They shamed him, even though he had the cure. Well, but you've been built. I think the liberal media shamed him because they didn't want people to jump in all at once. You've been building a tolerance to it. Yeah. Over the years. That's a good point. Yeah, 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 yeah. If you if you fuck around and drink too much homeless man vodka in one night, uh, you will wake up and only get to see out of one eye the next day. That's fun. <laughs> that was a fun first time I drank that shit. It's not going to happen after time 27, but it's going to happen for yeah. a while. Yeah, that, that was a nuanced point that got missed in the press conference, unfortunately. Yeah, if only, if only, if only he would keep me as a cabinet member. Yeah. I just, you know... <laughs> Only thing is, I will drink some of that homeless man vodka. I'll get a little ornery, I'll get a little uppity, and I'll start investigating him. And he knows that. He knows what happens when his cabinet members drink homeless man vodka. They start investigating. They get fucking lippy. He don't like that. Ah, but then you'd wander off. All right, let's shift gears. Uh, This, I thought, was a fantastic story. Um, Headline is, Fox News argues... Viewers don't assume Tucker Carlson reports facts. Tucker Carlson is being sued by Karen McDougal, a prostitute who uh, had sex with Donald Trump. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. Just a uh, Playboy model. I I shamed her by calling her a prostitute. Look, in my mind, if you fuck Donald Trump, I get to insult you. Anyway, uh, so this is How dare you? Hush money is not the same as getting paid up front, sir. Yes. Um... (laughs) So this is not the liberal media insulting Fox News. This is Fox News in court making the statement, and this is the quote, what we are talking about here, it's not the front page of the New York Times, it's Tucker Carlson Tonight, which is a commentary show. A lawyer for Fox News argued while defending a lawsuit from Karen McDougal. So, but this is just the Alex Jones defense. Yeah, yeah, yeah basically, it's just like that. character. It's the exact same model. Uh-huh. It, 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 well, but it's it's, it's Fox News using the Alex Jones defense. Alex Jones is a is is a, an <laughs> insane Fox person News on a lot YouTube. Of credibility. This is Fox and Tucker News. Tucker Carlson isn't. Well, he's on <laughs> Fox <laughs> News. This is they, all they do is pride themselves on being legitimate. Until they get sued, and then they like, oh, well, no, no, that, that's you can't sue us because it, it's it's like they're they're pulling their own Oz's curtain back and allowing everybody to look, but then the instant that doesn't benefit them, they'll go back to championing Hannity and Tucker and Laura and all the awful people that they champion. Isn't it just like the '90s though, when like wrestling kind of came out and said it was fake? Yeah, yeah, it it really is. Now we all know this is the case. Yeah, but it is yeah. fun to have to see Fox News stand in front of a judge and just be like, <clears throat> "Your Honor, um, what I'm pleading here, I'm pleading. I don't know what amendment this falls under, but basically we're the pro wrestling of news. So yeah, if you can just make it's things news entertainment, yeah, it's yeah. not news. It's news entertainment. That's the way they need to go with it. This is." We're, we're presenting news. Yeah. We do storylines here. It's sort of like a suplex of facts. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Which would be a pile great. driver of truth. If they promoted themselves that way, then if, if that's what you are, don't hide it in court. Don't throw up a Fox News fair and balanced banner. Throw up a Fox News we're entertaining banner. That's my <laughs> point, is that they, they promote themselves as Fox News until they get sued, in which case they show their true face and say, well, everybody knows we're not real. If they want to be like wrestling, wrestling did not lose its popularity at all when they admitted that it was fake. In fact, I doubt Fox News would either, though. Like Fox News could come out and say we're fake, and there'd be a little bit of a kerfuffle, and then they'd probably increase their numbers 
because they were being transparent about it. That's yeah, that's point. true. If if anything, they would just um, uh, make like a, like a subsidiary news company who was yeah. just like, "We're a conservative news that's real, real, real," yeah. and that would be that would be the angle of that one. But, and they would just it, own it, both. It's of not them. a new. It's, it's not a new argument for Fox News because what they've always argued and the, and the argument that they've always had in court is that the editorial is different to the news content. Now, how do you know what's editorial and what's news content? Uh, because they editorialize everything because it, 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 it's it's all designed in a way that's meant to be just like oh, yeah, shocking dude. and entertaining. Any so, fucking TV news is dead anymore. It's for the past mm-hmm. at least 20 years. Like, like basically, almost as long as I can remember. I can kind of remember being a kid and having it not be this way, although I, I may have just blocked it out of my childhood, like a kid that gets mm-hmm. you fucking diddled or something. Rather and Cronkite, right, right. right. Mm-hmm. And it used to be, I'm not saying it wasn't corporate and bought out and there wasn't people spinning agendas or whatever, but it used to be just sort of people in a suit calmly reading the news. Now, yeah. every one of them, whether it's right, left, whatever the fuck, they'll give about 30 seconds of a news story and then for the next 10 minutes, it's, it's, it's a split screen. Of, like, three different dicks that you've never heard of and don't care about arguing about the 30 seconds of news you just heard. And I'm like, why, why the fuck do I care about these assholes? If they were, if they were worth hearing, they would have a decent podcast. Like but Idiots on Parade. You need some sort of emotional reaction to sell stuff. So, like, it used to just be fear. I think what they've just cottoned on to is that anger, uh, making people consistently anger is a really good, angry is yeah. a really good business model. So if you can consist, consistently outrage people by pushing the right buttons in their head, they'll stick around for the advert. And then you, te- you tease them with something. It used to be that they used to use fear much more, like, come back after the break to find out why milk might be poisoning your children. That was the right. 90s model. Now it's much more, wait till you see what this person did in this state over here to whoever uh, the, uh, the audience is at that point. Right, that it's point. a like, sensationalism it's, thing. It keeps yeah, people fucking... Just, they just realized that, yeah. that enraging people is a really good business model. And the fear stuff is... That's why I think the whole... Um, the uh, bar story doesn't get as much traction because it doesn't really fit with with, with no, the narrative. No, not sensationalism like enough. It's not, yeah, it's not going to make people angry enough. Whereas the uh, angry or self righteous, I think, are the two emotions. Right, right. It used to be yeah. news. Used to always be a lie too, but it was mm-hmm. more like a Mona Lisa painting lie. Yeah. But then they discovered, oh no, people's eyeballs tend to drift toward the Picassos. Let's yeah. make a fucking Picasso version of the fact. I mean, not mm-hmm. just a pretty lie. Like, a fucking... Yeah. We're going to put the nose on the forehead. It's <laughs> it's the president is breathing fire. He's a fucking... Mm-hmm. He's the guy off the celebrity apprentice. It's just going to be crazy. Mm-hmm. Good way of putting it, and I don't disagree. All right, well, let's... Uh, I got two more stories to pull up. Uh, they're both... Uh, I sent you... the The one I sent... Uh, it was a guy, Philadelphia court supervisor, fired for tearing down Black Lives Matter signs on video. And he said, not to me, they don't. To me, that's not the story. I don't want to talk about that guy. What I'm interested in is how... Good, because I agreed with everything that man did. And I really thought that was going to cause problems if we fucking talked about it. Too long. <laughs> anyway, yeah, let's move on. I'm not going to no, talk about but... how much I love that guy. I just want to know why... How? How today, on June 21st, 2020... People are still doing the stupidest shit possible on video. Someone gets out a cell phone and the person doubles down and goes, yeah, I'm going to continue down this path. No one seems to take a half a second and go, oh, this could be a bad idea. How are people still doing stupid yeah, shit on video? You know, as, as great of a movie 
as as a few good men was. As much as I loved it when I was younger, and as as much as I still think it holds up, until all of the recent uh, just sort of Karen surges that we've had, I always thought like that last scene, as great as it is, when Jack Nicholson finally fucking flips out. You can't handle the truth. Did you order the code red? You're goddamn right, I did. You know, like that part. As fucking great as a scene as that is, it's like, no, that's not realistic at all. What he would have done is he would have just sort of gotten up upset, gotten huffy and puffy, told him to go fuck himself, and walked off of the thing and refused to answer questions. Like, that's how it would go. And that is what is happen- Would What would happen when you catch a guy like that lying on the stand when he knows it fucking counts not when he's in the fucking back room when he's having breakfast and it's just this lawyer and he's just he's making he's, he's yelling homophobic shit about his uniform and his guys are there and, and whatever like that's when you hear that yeah i ordered the code red fuck you prove it you know like that's when that would that's when that line would happen when no one's fucking looking this thing of it happening on the stand yeah it would still be the same as catching him lying he would just say something stupid and then yell fuck you and walk off Right, like basically the first third of that that scene would have happened. He would have yelled "fuck you" and walked off. Now I'm like, no, it, people are going full Jack Nicholson in a few good men. <laughs> They're just sort of like, I know you got cameras on me. Let me tell you exactly how I feel <laughs> about Black Lives uh, as as the head of a fucking thing in Phil- Philadelphia, a government thing. But oh, I agree it's with you. James Bond villain. I agree with you. I'm just, but it doesn't answer the question. Why? Why do people? How? How have they not learned their lesson? How? I can't think of anything more frightening than having a camera pulled on me. The instant if someone started, I'm filming you. I'd be like, "What the fuck am I doing? What does my next word want to be like?" I'd be like, "All right, you're filming me. Done." You know, like I not prepare, but in my head, every time I see one of these, it makes me check myself and go, "If anyone ever pulls out a camera and says they're filming your phone." then my first response is going to be like, all right, well, now I'm just going to walk away. And then they can go, oh, walking away, huh? I'm like, yeah, this is going to be boring to watch because I'm walking away. Oh, yeah, dude. If anything, I have like a whole thing where I flip it in my head. I do like a, like a judo move where I use the momentum against them. Once I see the camera, I put on like like my best gay voice and I'm just like, why are you filming me and calling me homophobic slurs? This is crazy. <laughs> why did you just call me that? Oh, my God. I am just... I'm being assaulted. I did not think in 2020. This is Stonewall all over again. It's been 30 years since Stonewall, and now you're filming yourself calling me slurs. This is crazy. And I would, I would do that. And That'd be a good that move. That guy went the opposite. That's I a like fucking that. great move. And I'm so glad that any like right wing person has probably been scared away from a podcast a long time ago. Honestly, nah, I don't think we shit on them too bad. Like we kind of have been this episode, but I think we're fair. We're hard on them. We've we're shit fair. On we're more fair than as much as we have Trump. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. dude. I've said scathing things about Joe Biden, Hillary. Like most Democrats, I've said, I've said horrible things about Democrats that I've I voted for. Like I, I fucking yeah, man. I, I mean that's if anything that's probably what they like about it. So, eh, just don't do what I said. I suppose. <laughs> Any thoughts, Colin, on why we're acting? But. I, I just think it's what people have always done, and now it's being filmed. It's not like it's it, it's that's the way they've always been. So it's finally being filmed and captured, like like it's like one of the first nature documentaries in Africa when they were catching like wild animals. It's just I yeah. I agree with you, but I'm saying 
that would have been my excuse. Yeah, you'd think in it would have had to be a sneaky camera. And it would have had to be <laughs> like a sneaky yeah. I'm just checking the fucking weather here while you're yelling racial slurs and stuff. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you would think it had but, to be but they're talking on camera like, hey, you know you're being filmed, right? And he's like, Yeah, I'm being filmed. Let me tell you how I feel right. about Confederate generals. You in know, twenty six probably part of his regular day. It would be yeah. new. <laughs> Regularly does racial slurs all day. And <laughs> the first time it's been filmed, it's been caught because it was just it was the right time. But the first time it goes viral how do people not in their head like i say go "Ooh, if that ever happens to me what i'm going to do is you know like i agree with you it's been <laughs> happening and now it's just getting filmed mm-hmm. why do people still keep doing stupid shit knowing they're gonna go viral lose their job become a sensation in the wrong way i mean that's that's <laughs> mind-boggling to me and I, I again, it just it falls back into that self-righteous kind of feeling of like being completely in, like so certain in that moment that you're in the right and you're standing for good. And I think that that's what I mean. Like people just have this constant need to feel vindicated and everything like that. So the the whole thing with the Jack Nicholson thing is he felt completely morally justified in yeah. what he did in that scene. Yeah. And that was he wanted people to know that and that guy is that as well. And the filming is the byproduct of like how can you when you're so convinced you're right. When you can't see a different perspective on it, once yeah. it's up on YouTube and a million people have seen it, you're not going to. So like, it's just that. But thing that's of, like, the thing is, I figured there would be that point. You would though. I figured there would be that point where Jack Nicholson still knows that he's right. He knows it in his fucking heart, but he also mm-hmm. knows that this this fucking Tom Cruise character is is spinning this thing all out of context and is completely fucking him over and it's part of this soft military thing that's fucking up the old way of doing things and you, mm-hmm. you know I would have thought there would have been sort of like all right what we're going to do is we're going to take cover right now we're getting mm-hmm. fucking shelled well I'm getting <laughs> shelled even though I'm I'm in the right I'm getting fucking shot at I'm getting shelled right now I'm going to take cover and then when I'm not on the stand anymore I'm going to contact people to make his fucking boat blow up on the way back. Well, the two thoughts I have are, one, his line is, you're goddamn right I did, meaning he was forceful yeah. about saying. And then what yeah. happened next? He did try and get up and walk off the stand. He's like, I'm going back to Cuba. And it had to... All you did, was weak. All you did, did today was weak in a country. Yeah, and then he tries right. to get up and leave. Yeah, yeah. And it's... So, uh, Colin, you explained it very well. I think these people... I think... I, thank you. That, that explained it to me. They believe... Probably in the moment that, yeah, film this shit because when it goes out, mm-hmm. I'm going to be shown right. Yeah. And then it backfires on him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. But it just blows my mind because, like, I get the first one that did it. You, you know what I mean? It's it's kind of like how I, I get I get why Bill Cosby didn't think he'd go to prison. You, you know what I mean? Like, I get why a lot of people, and I know he was before the Me Too movement. I get why at the beginning of the Me Too movement... So many people that were fucking so powerful in Hollywood, in the entertainment industry, wherever, were like, oh, yeah, I'm going to be fine. But then at a certain point, when enough people have gone down, once Cosby went to fucking prison, I don't know how, while all of this was building up against especially like R. Kelly and um, Harvey Weinstein. And I said that on this many times. I was like, I don't know how the fuck those guys aren't just taking a page out of Roman Polanski's book and going, this ain't going to fucking end well. I need to just go to a, a country that's not going to extradite me. Yeah. I have enough fucking liquid cash. R. Kelly, I, I don't know. He might have, it, it seemed like he kind of MC hammered a lot of his money away. 
Weinstein had enough to fucking... He could have been hanging out in a hot tub with Roman Polanski going, yeah, no expedition, high-fiving while they were fucking Eiffel-towering underage girls. He could have been doing that for fucking ever. I'm glad he didn't. I don't support that kind of behavior. I'm just saying, <laughs> if I was the devil on his shoulder, that's what I would be telling him to go do. Yeah. And he didn't... And, and, and that's what it's like, dude, you're a fucking... You're a calculated guy. That's why you've gotten away with this shit for so long. That's how you've been ah. able to build an empire. From being just a know, fucking I, calculated sociopath of a guy, I don't see how you don't fucking read the tea leaves. How do how you don't look at that as like the, the chessboard has fucking shifted? I need to bring my power pieces over here and fucking strike later. I don't know how you don't make that adjustment. But it's what happens is like when you start taking risks in something and anything at all, you start taking more risks and then you start becoming less aware of the danger yeah. of those risks because you've gotten away with it so many times. You know what I mean? Like you've done it so many times. And at a certain point, it just becomes normalized. And no, normalized and, I, and I get that. Yeah. And I definitely get it to a point. And, and I yeah. think that really, but I, I, I don't know how you don't look at what was going on in, in the sort of beginning, mid 2017s. If, if you're one of those guys that has mm -hmm. enough of that egregious shit, I don't know how you don't look at that and be like, oh no, 2017 is not 2016 <laughs> or 15 or 40. Like, this is a new animal coming to get me. This is, I don't know how you're not like Jeff Goldblum in that fucking truck in Jurassic Park looking at that fucking water going boom, boom. Like, oh, fuck. Like, I don't know. You know, like your whole thing is fucking being a calculated person. And I get the getting away with it for so long, but it's like, dude, mm -hmm. that ground is shaking. That glass of water is a fucking moving. <laughs> That's a goddamn good analogy. The other dude, <laughs> this other dude, though, is it that one where the guy who uh, gets used to the raptors but gets too close to them eventually because yeah. the raptors haven't taken a bite out of him, but then eventually the raptors tear him apart because he becomes careless. Right. It's, 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 and, and I get it's, that. It's a similar concept, yeah. I get that, but I'm, I'm saying, like, that's not the threat that's always been there. That's a Tyrannosaurus. Mm -hmm. That's a fucking new one. <laughs> that is some shit you never... I don't know how... As a sexual predator, you don't look at like, oh no, there's a predator that eats sexual predator. There's a woke Tyrannosaurus and it's shaking my whole goddamn car right now. Look at the glasses of water. This is freaking me the fuck out, you know? Like, as a sexual predator, I need to find a different place to sexual predate at because it's not safe in this car no more. I gotta fucking drive it somewhere. I gotta drive it to a park with no extradition, like France. <laughs> well, it is. I think it's only France because he's a citizen there. So, uh, uh, what's his face? Weinstein would have had to go somewhere else. But I. It, so basically, I Argentina. Think that, go, go, go. Hang out with the Nazis yeah. who fucking skip Nuremberg. <laughs> go like wherever. I don't. You, you know what I mean? Like hell. You with the money you saved up will get you even more. I'm guessing in Argentina than would in France. Yeah. Everything's going to be overpriced in France. In fact, now that I'm thinking about it. If there's any, because um, I am more pro listeners than I am human rights. So listeners, if there's any of you guys out there who are trying to avoid custody and you need to go to a place with no extradition, you need to check the exchange ratio on dollar to whatever the currency is. You know what I'm saying? We need to keep our listeners. I'm not saying I want predators out there. I'm not saying I want human rights violators out there. It does sound like you're starting a travel agency that's very yes. dubious and it's ethical. I'm saying I want listeners more than I want justice or, or fucking human rights. That's what I'm saying. So if, if any of our listeners are, are evil <laughs> fucking human traffickers of any kind, go extradite your, or, um, uh, uh, you, you know, take all your stuff to a country that's not going to extradite you back here, but check the exchange ratio. I, I that think... is a real commitment to the show, Jake. That's... Oh, yeah. 
I think what Jake is saying, don't give that kind of commitment to their listeners. I fucking do. I think what Jake understands is um, niche markets. Um, when you're very yeah. broad, you can catch, you know, you cast a wide net, you get what you get. But if you target, if exactly. you focus, you will get that market. And right now, we just happen to be focusing on a market. Sometimes of, you don't choose your market. Sometimes your market chooses yeah, you. We're, we're just, we find <laughs> our show tests well uh, between, like, blood diamond traffickers. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Um, uh grown straight men that work in beauty pageants i'll let you fill in the fucking you, you know you can do that but they love our show and so they they love our show and i don't love what they do but i i love their patronage so if any of you guys if if you feel the car rocking back and forth because the tyrannosaurus is on your way go to argentina if they're okay with hitler they're okay with you <laughs> is that, okay a, with that should be other brochure <laughs> the exchange rate and a guy with a tan and a little mustache <laughs> a little vacation little white shorts the little white vacationing shorts and flip-flops uh, i don't even want to do the last story that'd be the perfect spot to finish but <laughs> let's pull it up anyway i yeah, just I, I wanted to do the story because the the headline i love clickbait headlines i love it when they draw me in and then when i see the story uh the headline is KFC customer humiliated following drive through stunt. It's downright disgusting. Ooh, what happened? Well, uh, one man is saying that he, quote, was humiliated when the Kentucky Fried Chicken declined to serve him at the drive through despite the fact he was technically following drive through rules, although he wasn't in a car. Uh, he took a horse and buggy through the drive-thru. And this is where it took a twist. Uh, the story does not mention... It didn't it. take a twist at the horse and buggy. No, just well, to be the, clear. the twist is it, it doesn't say he's from Amish company, country in Pennsylvania. He's not Mennonite. He's not, this is England, and it doesn't explain anything. It just says this guy in the United Kingdom was taking a horse and buggy through KFC, and the manager came out and said, we can't serve you like this. And he comes up with the quote... I would like an apology. For, I would like a big apology from them, and I would God like damn right. them to change their policies. God I'd, damn right. Humiliated. I did not expect. I, I'm like, <laughs> what happened at the drive-through? Oh, a guy in England tried to take his horse and buggy through, and was humiliated. I, if that humiliates you, first of all, it's it's 2020, and you're riding around on a horse and buggy. If you've got you know enough balls to do that and not be humiliated. I think you can... St- Less for, greenhouse you're, you're gases, that was part of the New Deal. That was part of the New Deal. Had that well, fucking right-wing asshole not have blocked it, that was part of the New Deal. We would all take horse and buggies to McDonald's. Less greenhouse gases. Well, I, 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 part, so, so, so one, he, he's not humiliated by the fact that he's riding around on a horse and buggy, but two, he's obviously not humiliated by the fact he's eating a grown man eating at fucking Kentucky Fried Chicken. If you're a grown man, you're not supposed to be fucking eating there. Go to a real restaurant or make yourself a fucking meal. You Maybe it was for the horses. Food, you like don't so, so a couple, a couple of points to this. I read, I read a follow up article on this because it was interesting. Oh, you did so, some research. He, 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 I did, I did, yeah. I did. I was like, I, I wasn't doing a bit of a deep dive on this one. So he's a member of the traveling community first, which would kind of be like an indigenous uh, uh, community in Ireland um, and England as well. So it would actually be horses and buggies are kind of a part of the culture with that as well. However. Where I have some sympathy with the individual is that I'm guessing that KFC do not have that in their policy. Yeah, no shit. I imagine they have something so specific about it. So he's clearly lying. Now, when pressed about why 
uh, the why they wouldn't let him come through in the horse's buggy because the horse is, is obviously tame. He's in a buggy. He's on the getting him all the way to a KFC. There's been limited problems to this point. He just wants some food. So the they said it was safety reasons. Now, if I'm if I'm in a car and the horse starts kicking off in the car, I'm driving over the horse in my car. I feel a lot more safe at that point, or I'm pulling away from the horse, driving around the horse, and everything like that. There was no major safety risk at all from that horse at all. So, like, I've major problems with KP KFC's kind of uh, take on the whole uh, situation. They, they they did not have to do that. They could have just given him his chicken bucket. He was he was just. Hungry man looking for some chicken. Yeah. Oh, I agree. I'm so pro horse and buggy on this one. I'm so, I'm, I'm like, I'm a goddamn horse and buggy extremist in this question. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I can be flipped on this one uh, because mm -hmm. if they're citing safety and they're pushing yes. this fucking greasy shit that clogs arteries, causes <laughs> heart attacks and obesity, your, your fucking entire profit system, your foundation, your chain is built on, on not safety in the health world. <laughs> the opposite of health and safety so fuck you you don't get okay i'll i'll flip i'll take horse and buggy yeah. side and furthermore as an organization the kfc should be the most pro horse and buggy in their drive throughs because what their mascot their founder is colonel sanders that's the most horse and buggy looking motherfucker i've ever seen on the <laughs> sign of any business in 2020 that guy looks like he drove a horse and buggy to build the first uh, kentucky fried chicken in fact if he would have shown up in a car they would have uh, taken him out of that car and burned him as a witch because he was some kind of time traveler or something they wouldn't have known what the fuck that was it's founded by horse and buggies that restaurant Fair it does enough. make me want to have a look at KFC's uh, policy guide, though, because I want to see something specific about safety and the horse and buggy section within that as well, because that's got to be a pretty thick book. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Maybe it's in They there, really did think of it, everything. They, they just one weekend, they were like, listen, we're going to fill you guys with cocaine and Red Bull. You sit there and you type up the answer to every question that can ever or will ever happen in the strangest of universes. Parallel universes, all of that. The, the, apparently the guy did not hold a hard line either because he was saying to him, I'd love to serve you, but it's in our policy. And so he, he totally whipped out on the whole situation of saying, I am making a management decision not to serve you. He said, I want to give you the chicken. It's here. It's for you. But I'm restricted by the rigid bureaucracy that is KFC right. from doing that for you right now. So there is no loophole. This is watertight legislation. Go about your day, sir. I'm sorry. Yeah, I would get it if, if, if the drive through guy was a little more passionate. It was some weird shit like, <laughs> my daddy was killed by a Pinkerton, a man on a horse and buggy. I will not fall for this. He asked if he could get some chicken. My granddaddy reached down and then, bam, the Pinkerton shot him and took his bank loot back to the marshal. The, the dude then went, by the way, the guy next went to Burger King and McDonald's where <laughs> yeah, both yeah. served him without any problems whatsoever. Yeah, and that's so bullshit. Are you serious? Did you find that in the follow-up story? Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's beautiful. Yeah, he went, oh, to, that's well, beautiful. he went to McDonald's. He went to McDonald's straight afterwards and he said there was no issue at all. Um, and then he said, next week I'm going to Burger King and I'll let you know how I get on there. Oh, there you go. Yeah, you know, it, it's, it's, dude, Colonel Sanders is the most horse and buggy looking motherfucker ever. Not being able to take a horse and buggy to KFC and get served is like not getting served at McDonald's because you're wearing clown makeup. That's bullshit. That is fucking bullshit. KFC to be turning away customers yeah. during the pandemic. Yeah. <laughs>
Well, I, I if anything, still... but to be fair, it's a happy ending. That man added five years to his life by not eating that bucket of KFC. <laughs> yes, so glass that was, was half what full I was with that just going to say is I, I stand by my original point that if you're a functioning adult, you shouldn't be eating that shit in the first place. All right. Or he, he didn't save five years to his life, but he did have a better bucket of chicken because he, he fucking galloped down to Popeye's half a block away, and it was a better bucket of chicken. He got pickles on his sandwich. <laughs> Oh, All yeah. right, Everyone... but he did get shot for standing. In... He got shot by a guy in line. <laughs> trying... It was rough. crazy. Luckily, he had a stagecoach gun, so he got to shoot back. But there was there's two wounded people, both eating better chicken sandwiches than the one at KFC. Yes. <laughs> All right. Anyone that made it this far, thank you so much for listening. Uh, share the podcast. Say nice things about us where you find your podcast. Write what's called a review. Look up Jake at jakevever.com. Look up me at nathantimmel.com. And most don't, in, don't look me up. And most please. importantly, <laughs> don't fire Colin. <laughs> All right, thanks for tuning in, everyone. Colin, thanks for being here. Thanks for being here, man. Oh, thanks, man. It was great. Later. <laughs>